0: This is the best of the Adam gold show podcast brought to you by coach Pete at capital financial advisory group. Visit us at capitalfinancialusa.com.
1: All right, before we get to some quarterback things, my friend, Ryan Wilson, CBS sports.com pick six podcast. And also, and with the first pick podcast he does with Rick Spielman. And we're going to talk more about that than, uh, than anything else. First of all, If my if I told you my top five teams were in order one through five, Detroit, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Miami, and Kansas City, what would you say?
0: I like it. I like it. I like the love for Detroit. They're such a fun uh, fun team to watch, and I've been saying it for. I asked the question in August, and I, I giggle every time I say it. Subsequently, but Jared Goff is probably the second best quarterback. In the NFC, and J- Jalen Hurts is the number one. It's probably Brock Purdy, even though he had a stinker of a game in some pretty bad weather in Cleveland. But Jerry Goff is the primary reason that team has, has been so much fun to watch. And I give Brad Holmes to GM a lot of credit for bringing him to uh, Detroit from Los Angeles, where Brad Holmes came from, and having the faith and the vision that perhaps no one else on planet Earth did. Because who among us didn't think that you leave Sean McVay to go to the the vast wasteland that is Detroit to rediscover your career. <laughs> Offensive line is probably the best in football. Playmakers up and down the roster offensively, and the defense is playing lights out this year. And I love it. I, I love that Detroit is is uh, getting the love they deserve, and, and they're a really fun football team to watch.
1: So let me ask you about the Jared Goff thing, because I, I, I've, I've talked about it before. So Sean McVay essentially threw him into the trash. He didn't believe... That Jared Goff could get him back to a Super Bowl, and now the short sample size was that Matthew Stafford was the quarterback when the Rams won the Super Bowl, so certainly right off the bat, Sean McVay was correct, but he couldn't wait to get rid of Jared Goff. How did Goff become what Sean McVay couldn't turn him into?
0: You know, I've been thinking about that a lot because you, you sort of touched on it. I covered the draft as well. And, and the hardest position to figure out is the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff's the first overall pick. I uh, came into that Jeff Fisher system, and Jeff Fisher I got fired, I think, one year into Jared Goff's tenure. Sean McVay showed up. And sometimes, and, you know, we live in a world where we don't want to wait on things. Sometimes you have to be patient with young quarterbacks. And I think that Jared Goff was. was good under Sean McVay but he's certainly not playing the level he is now and, and a lot of it, it's just at the end of the day it, it's reps and experience and you watch Jared Goff play now and he plays doesn't play sped up and by that I mean mm-hmm. he's very patient when he drops back he understands where the ball needs to go pre-snap he typically gets it there post-snap he's incredibly accurate and when you're playing and you know we see this credit to Bryce Young for playing well this weekend but the previous four games were it, it didn't look like Alabama Bryce and I think part of that is just the speed of the game, the players are so much better, the windows are so much tighter, your guys aren't getting open like Alabama receivers could yeah. open. And when you look at that with Jared Goff, you feel like it clicked. And maybe the pressure of not being in L.A. was part of it. I don't know. I think a lot of it has to experience. And, and you know this, Adam. If you don't have – no matter what kind of athlete you are, if, if you don't have belief in your abilities and, and you lose that confidence, it can go south in a hurry. And I think all the things have come together perfectly for Jared Goff in Detroit, which, again, it's funny to say out loud, but that's Dan Campbell.
1: Ryan Wilson, cbsports.com at Ryan Wilson CBS on Twitter or whatever we're calling it these days also not not only pick uh, the pick six podcast uh because we talked to Wilbrinson yesterday uh with the first pick and you do this with Rick Spielman a former uh, NFL general manager uh, and I want to play a clip that I actually I think I texted you about it uh, last week that I found, I mean, super fascinating. I believe this comes from last week when I know he is high on Caleb Williams, uh, the quarterback out of USC, and you asked him. We ran through it. I want to play the clip so people get a chance to hear what I heard. Uh, This is you and Rick Spielman talking about Caleb Williams as a prospect. Last year's draft class, Caleb was the first quarterback taken, right? Yes. The, The one before that, Trevon Walker went first,
0: so certainly there. What about 2021 when Trevor Lawrence went first? you taking Trevor or Caleb. Caleb. Nice. 2020, Joe Burrow or Caleb? Caleb. Wow, look at that, Debo. 2019's Kyler taking Caleb there. 2018's Baker taking Caleb there. So you probably have to go back to. I'll go to 2012, Andrew Luck or Caleb.
1: That's a that's a toss up for me because wow, Andrew Luck was one of those uh, generational franchise quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, But I would be real close but I would probably go with luck just ahead of Caleb but right there a 1A and 1B. All right, there's more to that that uh we might get to. But that Andrew Luck who was the perfect college quarterback prospect. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have dreamed up in central casting a better prospect coming out of college into the NFL. And if he had stayed healthy, I think we're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback. And he's like weighing luck versus Caleb Williams. Is he really that type of a prospect?
0: It's crazy because in the moment you could hear it in my voice, I was like, Oh my gosh, you're so you passed on Burrow and Trevor, and he has to yeah. go back to twenty twelve. And when you watch Caleb play, you you see a better version of Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech. Wow. And that is what is so crazy. And part of the thing, and Rick went on to talk about this, is that he, and by the way, we went back to 98. He took Caleb over Peyton Manning in I know. 98. And the, the reason is this. Today's quarterback can't be a pocket passer. He can be, but it's incredibly hard to have success. And Caleb gives you that Patrick Mahomes type versatility. Now, it's sort of funny that we're having this conversation on the heels of the stinker that they put up against Notre Dame where they got <laughs> the brakes beat off of them. But the thing is, that we went back and we talked about it this morning in the podcast, me and Rick. So I went back and watched the game. Caleb made a terrible decision, one after the next in the first half, three interceptions. The second half, he looked pretty good. And we I gave him credit for battling through the, mm-hmm. the beating, number one, and number two, not quitting. Because sometimes when you're at that level, college or pro, you just like, you know what, I'm good, I'll see you next week. He kept fighting, and I think that's what's going to stick with people when they go back and watch those games. But he is special, and he is a different kind of special. And the Patrick Mahomes comparisons are fair, and I think it's fair to say he is better than Patrick Mahomes when Patton's coming out of college.
1: How does he like Drake May as a prospect for the NFL? Rick
0: likes him more than I do, and he Rick understands obviously football better yes. than I do. He was in the he was in the league. I love that you immediately agree with that. He was in the No I didn't I didn't, I didn't.
1: I didn't. I was actually gonna say I don't know about that. So oh, I, I have I great I have it. great respect for Ryan Wilson. I didn't invite <laughs> Rick Spielman on the show. I
0: uh, I told Rick he couldn't come on the show. <laughs> uh, just, just you and me. But, look, he, he has seen a ton, and he knows a ton. And the thing that he points out, because I say, look, I like Drake May. He's going to be the second quarterback taken. But he has a handful of throws each game where you go, mm-hmm. you know what? Those are interceptions at the next level. Yeah. Maybe do something differently. And he will counter, rightly, and say, here's the deal, man. <laughs> the offensive line is a mess. This guy is carrying the team on his shoulders. Until two weeks ago, there was no Josh Downs type receiver to throw the ball to. They have Tes Walker, who's who's been a breakout revelation for Carolina, and you certainly did that against the U over the weekend, and you're doing a lot, as Drake May, with a little around you, and you have to factor that in, and I sort of I, I wanted to, to prod him a little bit. I said, okay, well, we were talking about that last year, at this time 12 months ago, with Will Levis, and he, he said, look, this, this is a different mm-hmm. conversation, which yes. I agree with, because you had to squint to try to find out, find the good things with Will Levis. You can see wide-eyed how good Drake May is going to be. He just has to be in a system that supports him And, you know, for example, don't go to Chicago Bears as they're currently constituted. Right. uh, But go to a place where you have playmakers around you can protect you and and, and do the things you do. So he likes uh, Drake a little more than I do, but we both agree he's a top five pick all day long. All
1: right. First of all, here's what Drake May does not put mayonnaise in his coffee and he does not eat the banana with the skin on. So right off the bat, he's way better than Will Levis. Um, I would say this about North Carolina offensive line, maybe better than uh, than giving credit. And I think there are more weapons other than just Tez Walker. There's McCullen. The tight ends are really good, and the running game is good. I actually think you're going to see their offense go bananas here, uh, speaking of bananas, uh, over the next uh, six weeks of the season. I really do. I think their offense is going to kick uh, into a much higher gear uh, than they currently have. It brings me back to the Panthers, and I think you and I have talked about it, that last year was probably not the right year to trade from nine to one. To get the quarterback, I think Bryce is going to be fine. I thought there were a lot of good things that Bryce did against Miami, uh, and he's clearly got chemistry with Adam Thielen and none with anybody else. Um, But last year, trading from nine to one was crazy. or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor.
0: Yeah, and we're starting to hear things in the media. Stephen Holder for ESPN, who covered Frank Reich in Indianapolis, tweeted this out last week that it was a well-known secret that uh, owner David Tepper was pushing for Bryce, and maybe the the staff was pushing for CJ. Mm-hmm. I had heard like in in March that CJ was probably going to be the guy, and then you know we did the pro day tour, and, and you know things sort of shake themselves out, and I didn't think much of it. And I, Bryce is my QB one. I like Bryce, and, and as you noted, Adam, he's, he's playing better.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, not lo- not a lot around him. Nothing. and uh, I think, yeah, I don't know if CJ has a, the type of success in Carolina that he's having in Houston right now, but it, it's just. I get it. I, I get the conversation of, okay, look, we went from nine to one, and we got the smallest quarterback to go first overall in human history. And, oh, by the way, and it's Rick gets angry when I mention do teams tank because he's like, it's pretty hard to tank 12 months out for a quarterback like Caleb because sometimes the quarterback doesn't end up being Caleb. It ends up being Will Levis or whatever. So those are it's a lot of moving parts. But you, you did give up a ton and you're not seeing the immediate return. Frank Reck is having to answer questions each week about his meetings on Monday with the owner. Yep. Why can't they win? Why is he giving up play-calling duty? So it's it's been a confluence of, of terribleness for the organization. The lone bright spot, a little, a few bright spots, is that Bryce is playing better. Elon has established himself. Now you need the Jonathan Mingos and the Hayden Hurst of the world to sort of step up and, and help out as well.
1: But in my opinion, what they should do is not worry about whatever happens this year. And sell it for parts, man. Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, where they're not even using on defense at this point. He plays less than half the snaps. He's a starting safety uh, and had a great first two years in the league, and now they're barely using them. Uh, sell them all for parts. Just see what you can get. They have to rebuild this team through the draft. There's no other way for this team to get better. Uh, they might have to get worse before they get better, and then by the time they do, they're going to have to pay the quarterback, whether it's Bryce or somebody else. So um, it's a it's a tough cycle to be in they're in kind of a Chicago Bears cycle but you know what adam they could be in a houston Texans cycle, and that's
0: the encouraging stuff, that, that what they've been able to do down there. I'm not saying you need to change coaching staff. So I want to see what Thomas Brown does as a play caller. I think mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. But you're right. If, if you can sell the parts off now, because you're not winning the division now, let's be honest, no. and have a plan to rebuild the team. Now, the other issue is, and I don't know to the degree to which this is true, but when you have an owner who has his <laughs> fingers in the, in the pie more often than the other owners, that can also complicate things because you're now having – Uh, an active owner. And, 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 you know, the owner is the boss at the end of the day, but some owners are passive and some are are active in terms of their their project that is the typical team they own. And that can make things a little more difficult to get to the the place you want to get to in the speed in which you want to
1: get there. No question. David Tepper is, um, he's hands-on and he's impatient. And he has not been able to have the self-discipline to stick to a plan. He just hasn't. They've changed how many how many different quarterbacks did they try in his first four years as owners? I mean, it was just it was a it was a comedy. It had three different now four different quarterbacks in the last four years, and it's all because the owner has been. Uh, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. I, I don't know why people like that don't give the experts the freedom to do what the what the experts are trained to do. They think they know all the wow. time, but.
0: When, you, when you're worth $60 million, billion, dollars, excuse me, you, you probably have done some things correct in your right. life and you probably think that you know better than most
1: people. Exactly. And that is the mindset. Uh, Ryan Wilson, you know better than most people and I appreciate your time. That's why we call you. Thank you, Adam. Have a good one, brother. You got Take care. Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson CBS on Twitter.
0: To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.